Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour podcast. Featuring Dave Cariello, Andrew Juge, Ralph Malbro, and when he decides to show up, Kevin Hell. We are the perfect blend of Saint sincerity and stupidity. How many RPMs would it take for the Julio Copter to actually fly away? And how many fumbles would happen as a result? <laughs> well, that's a trick question because you can only fumble once. If you're not having fun when your team is 11 and 2 and win back to back division titles for the first time in 50 years, then you need to stop watching. And now, here's your host, Ralph Malbrook. All right. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Saints Happy Hour podcast. As always, we are sponsored by MyBookie. It's hard to believe, but football is almost back. The NFL preseason kicks off with the Hall of Fame game on August 1st. And soon we'll have regular season NFL and college football. That means it's time to make an account with the best online sports booking known to man. That's right. I'm talking about my bookie. Sports betting is exploding in popularity. It's legal all over, thanks to the Supreme Court. If you want to get in on the action with a trusted company that's been in the business for years, MyBookie is the place for you. With an easy, no-hassle mobile site, 24-7 customer service, and bets on every sport and prop imaginable, MyBookie provides a fun, safe betting experience. Maybe you think Drew Brees and the Saints can get their revenge on a terrible blown call last year in the NFC Championship. Maybe you think Tom Brady and the Patriots will win an unbelievable Believable seven Super Bowl. Who would believe that? That's nonsense. Why not make money when your prediction comes true? If you make a deposit today, my bookie will give you 50% deposit bonus. That's right. You put in a hundred, they'll give you 50. You put in a thousand, they give you 500. It's that easy. Football weekends are the best, but they're even more thrilling when every touchdown can win you more money. Go to mybookie.ag and sign up with the promo code HAPPY25 at mybookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Andrew, uh, I want to start out. We, we talk about, you know, what we did on the weekend, you know, where we've been. Uh, I want to say uh, the U.S. men's team, everybody needs to be fucking fired. My wife <laughs> is a proud Mexican. My wife. My, yeah. Uh, it's, it's just. My wife. She's a proud Mexican. She's waving the Mexican flag in my face after the defeat. And on the TV, we are watching the Spanish broadcast on Univision and they had this old dude with a Jesus beard and a hat with a skull and uh, his shirt says chinga tu madre which in Spanish is fuck your mother and I would understand if that was on Fox channel that it got by him because they don't they, they wouldn't necessarily know Spanish but for Univision 
to show that guy for like 10, 15 seconds celebrating the goal. I mean, come on, Univision. <laughs> um, but but it was it was sad. It's sad times. My wife, she's going to forget that soccer exists. She'll forget by like tomorrow afternoon. But right now, she's just obnoxious, Andrew. It's just horrible. Yeah, I mean, it's like losing to the Falcons, right? Losing to Mexico, is uh, that is Falcons-worthy. And, I mean, just watching that and, like, it's just so sad, man, because Michael Bradley just looked awful. Like, if you follow the U.S. men's national team at all, he looks so washed, and it's, it's just sad because you know what it was like? It was like the twilight of Colston. That's what it felt like because, like, Colston towards the end there, man, he was so washed. He was dropping passes. He was fumbling. He just and it was sad because you love Colston and it's just to see him go out like that. They they need to be done with Michael Bradley. <laughs> do you think? Do you think if we had a shirt and it was Chinga tu madre and it had a falcon on it, do you think people would buy it? We get Dave to make that up because he's in Alaska, That's Alaska tough. right now. That's tough, man. Because even insulting them, I'm not sure I want the. Falcons logo on my shirt <laughs> or maybe just maybe just Atlanta or ATL Chinga do Madre I think we'll, we'll talk to Dave about it I, I, okay. or, or people in the live stream would you would you buy that shirt I don't know yeah so I mean that's that's a question for the for the for the folks in the live stream. And by the way, thanks for joining us. And by the way, people in the live stream, um, we are a hundred away from we are a hundred away from five hundred subscribers. And when we hit five hundred subscribers, uh, we will be giving we will be giving no. away a free T-shirt the night we hit five hundred. Uh, to somebody that's lucky enough in the chat room. So make sure to stay, and we'll be giving away the T-shirt pretty soon. Uh, so, Andrew, there's no real Saints news to speak of. Uh, you know, Michael Thomas, the extension hasn't gotten done. Um, nobody got arrested, which is always a positive, right? Phew. Yeah, we'll take that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, let's be real. If we're doing breaking news before training camp starts, it's either – a Saints player got arrested, they got injured, or somebody got an extension. That's the only fucking news we're doing right about now. There's nothing, there's nothing else, right? Well, the work right now is when the guy, like, gets injured and he's out for the year because it's like he dropped a weight on his foot, you know? <laughs> or, like, or like he slipped in the kitchen, you know, and, you know, cut an artery with, with his steak knife, you know? Uh, so... Any of those things are bad, and no news is great news. Well, here's the thing. I, you know, we, we try to think of topics as we get – because after this week, you know, when, this week, next week we go on vacation. I'm going to Seattle. So you'll still have we'll, – we'll have shows every day for the patrons for the daily podcast. Sign up. It's $7 a month. You should do it. Uh, but we won't have a big show next Monday. But we will have a fan appreciation week that will be free for everybody next Wednesday. Uh, if you're not a subscriber, but you should be a subscriber because Saints Appreciation Week, we do Colston, Pierre Thomas, Jabari Greer, and Fred Thomas, and a Patriots Your boyfriend with Nick from Australia. So that's next week while we're on vacation. But so we're trying to think of topics as we and get you, out of here. You, you recorded know, that thing with Nick like six years ago, man. I know. Well, the thing is with the Patron Spotlights, my plan was I did 10 of them in – 
January, February, and March, and I just recorded a ton of them. And the point was to have them for the summer in the slower times when other podcasts are like, oh, it's so slow, we don't have content, it's so hard, where I would just be like, man, we got these patron spotlights all over from Saints fans all over the world, and people love them. And the Monadoula one in two weeks is just, <laughs> he's ridiculous. I love him, but he's fucking ridiculous. It's it's, I can't it's, wait. it's a good it's a good twenty five minutes. So we're trying to think of topics. We're gonna answer, thanks to people for the questions, by the way, this week. Uh, but before we get to the main topics, uh, you were telling me your dad, who by the way is a patron subscriber, he is the most excited person we've ever seen with the koozie. Please tell me about this. He it's almost disturbing. He, he comes over to the house, and first of all, he's got like one of these wash tubs from uh, Panera, you know, one of the like mega cups, and he's got the koozie like on the bottom part of the cup, so it's like it's covering like twelve percent of the cup, so it's 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 kind of thick, like it, it doesn't even fit his drink, and like he's so obsessed with the koozie. And he's so obsessed with using it that he, he's just, he, he, it's like a stretch that it's, you know, it's not even compatible with the drink. You know, it's I like he's, have... it's like he's playing Sega and he's got a Wii controller or something. I should have said, I should have, if he uses it so much, I should have, I should have sent him a spare <laughs> since he's family practically. Yeah. He's, uh, he's excited about the koozie. He also chants, uh, koozie in a high pitched voice a lot. So he's, he's. <laughs> He's being a little over the top with it. He's really into it. So, and you also this weekend, you were out drinking and you had your uh, hatred of IPAs bite you in the ass. Yeah. So this was, uh, let's see, this was on, uh, this was on the 4th of July and I'm at a buddy's house and you know, he has an array of beer and I open it up and it's just like an awful selection. And I look at one of my buddies and I tell him, you know, it's like, it's like playing Russian roulette, but five of the six chambers have a bullet in it. So it's, it's like reverse Russian roulette. <laughs> like the options are like these sour beers, but they're dogfish heads. So they're not even good sour beers. They're like super watered down. And there's like a blonde ale. And then there's like these low-cal IPAs. And it's like, man, it's not even like committing all the way to IPA. It's like low-cal. So I'm like, you know, I'll try the sour beers. And I have one or two of those. And they're watered down. They're awful. So then I try the blonde. And it's even worse. And the, the low-cal IPA, finally, I'm just like, you know what? Just give me that. How much worse could it possibly be than these other beers? So I tried the low-cal IPA. And that was actually the best one because it was so watered down that you barely even tasted the hops. So it was such a poor pathetic version of an IPA that I was actually kind of okay with it. Yeah, I had an interesting 4th of July. Uh, I went to the the pool in, in, in Paraland. We have uh, in our community Shadow Creek, we have uh, com- community pools where you like you pay HOA fees and they're really nice and they have a they have the water park they call it with slides and stuff. So I go there on the 4th of July. I'm there with my kid. My wife doesn't go cuz she doesn't know how to swim. So <laughs> I'm there with him and uh, yeah my wife it's 50 50 that if she fell in the water she would drown i'm i'm we'll, we'll get her we'll get her some lessons this year though so i'm at the i'm at the pool right before we get back to saying so i'm at the pool and uh a guy sees me 
and I have my uh, I have my Saints shirt on and my Saints hat, and I'm sitting there under the umbrella, and he's like, "Go Saints!" I'm like, "Yeah, Saints!" And uh, he's drinking. You can't drink like a beer, like a glass beer at the pool. But people will bring it right and like pour it in a red cup. So he doesn't offer me a beer, but he has like a prescription thing of pills. <laughs> And he and he motions the pills to me. I'm like, no, man, thanks. He's like, it's Percocet. Like that's gonna swing me. Like I'm gonna be like, oh, it was Percocet. Well, there, I gotta do it. It's Fourth of July, baby. I gotta get nuts. Uh, and when I rejected him, he 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 kind of was sad and he didn't talk to me anymore. So I'm thinking, like Andrew, should I have bonded with him and like popped a couple of the Percocet? Like, yeah, you don't want to mix that with booze, though, man. <laughs> I know. Well, the thing is, I'm crippled and I'm bad enough driver as it is. Like I felt like popping the Percocet and drinking and trying to get home, even though it's only like two minutes away, was a dangerous... Well, did you have your kid with you? Yeah. Yeah, you can't be doing that. I can't, I can't, I can't be doing this. It's reckless. It's too reckless. Yeah. So, so as for our actual Saints topics that people want us to talk about, I was thinking um, watching the Pelicans in the Summer League game with the earthquake... You know, and it got really weird, and the, the scoreboard started shaking, and Doris Burke was freaking out. Um, I got to thinking, like, what's the weirdest Saints game that you've ever attended? And it can be weird on-field stuff or off-field stuff. And I was trying to go through in my memory banks, and here are the ones that I came up with. 1991. This is a long time ago. Old school people in the chat, in the in the chat, might know it that listen to the live stream. The Saints, 91, they played the San Francisco. They started out 7-0. They played the 49ers, and Steve Young and Montana were both injured, so so Steve Bono was playing quarterback, and the Saints won 10-3. But back was that then, at halftime half of the Saints games, Andrew, they would fire off fireworks, and they would shoot, like, bottle rockets across the top yeah. of the Super Yeah, they caught fire. Yeah, and one of them yeah. caught fire. The old scoreboard, the old scoreboard that, hang, that hung – not the diamond visions on the side, the old scoreboard, it caught fucking fire. I was at and that game. Well, that was game what, like 90, quarter. it was like 94 or something? 91. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, was, yeah. I remember this. And they like sent a dude up there, but he couldn't do it. And then the piece that caught fire like fell to the, Fell to the 50-yard line. line. Yeah. yeah. And they brought, out, like, two, they brought out like two tubs of Gatorade and like doused it and then like <laughs> checked it to make sure that it didn't like melt the AstroTurf and then they kept on playing. So that was my weird game from way back when. Do you have a weird one that you – God, I can't, believe you're, I can't believe you remember that. Yeah, I remember – the thing I remember about that, that game was uh, I think it was Gene Atkins hit – Jerry Rice at the one-yard line, he was about to score, and then he fumbled out of the end zone. And I remember someone just telling me how great Jerry Rice was. And I'm sitting there at that game. I'm 11 years old, and I knew he was great. But I I just remember sitting next to – I think it was my dad's best friend and just saying, like, yeah, great call on Jerry Rice being awesome. He just fumbled out of the end zone. (laughs) Um, So that's what I remember about that game too. But, um, you know, this is really just a play – but it was it was just so weird. I mean, I I attended the Hail Mary game against the Browns. Oh I mean, that my was, god, that I was did too. awful. That was awful when they lost on the Hail Mary. But um, I remember it was right around the time where they changed the rule, where you once like the other team touched the ball on a punt, you yeah. could pick it. You could pick it up and advance it. And somehow Andre Hastings was like not the punt returner, but he was on the punt return team. And I remember it was against the Patriots, and Drew Bledsoe was the quarterback of the Patriots. And the Saints at the time. were three and zero at the time. Yeah, and Danny Werfel was the quarterback. It was but like, 
it was 98, but like they couldn't do anything on offense. Like they were useless on offense in this game. Werfel wasn't doing anything. And like, so like the Patriots tried to try to pin it at the one on a punt. And like the, the gunner like touched the ball and it went into the end zone. And so like the Patriots guys are kind of walking off the field. And one of the saints guys picks the ball up and he's like trying to kneel it. And he's like, his knee almost hits the turf. He's like halfway and Andre Hastings is screaming at him like, no, 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 don't kneel it. Hand me the ball. And you could see him like gesturing, like crazy. Give me the ball. And so he hands it to Hastings and like all the Saints players have kind of stopped. Half the Patriots guys are going back to the sideline and Hastings just starts racing the other way. And like the refs look confused. The <laughs> yeah. Patriots look confused. And like Hastings, he, well, so, here's a- he was a receiver, but he was kind of slow. So he's going yeah. all the way, and finally one of these Patriots guys chase him down. But it was like a 76-yard punt return, yeah. and like the refs were like, "No, it's legit." No, that that's the rule. Like in when they when a team punts, if the D, if the, the if the punt team touches the ball, the receiving team can pick it up and run with it. And even if you fumble, you still keep the ball. It's just one of those weird rules. I yeah, was but thinking- that was the first year they changed it. So. I think the players just like they hadn't had an instance where that happened yeah. and no one was really paying attention. And Hastings was the only one that knew the rule and just yeah, like I, he got a 76 yard punt return. Out another weird game in the Ditka era was, and it's the picture on the streaming, it's the 90, 98 Saints where they played the 13 and 2 Chiefs. And the the Chiefs had uh, Mark McMillan, who was used to be a Saints yeah. corner, the Saints yeah. side, he was terrible. And he and when he was with Kansas City, he would do like the little Mighty Mouse pose, and uh, Ditka just hated that for some reason. So Keith Poole caught a touchdown to make the game like thirteen to seven or something late in the game, and him and Ditka are like doing the Mighty Mouse pose together, which was weird. Ditka also grabbed his crotch yeah, I remember off that. the field against yeah. Tennessee when at a Saints fan. At a Saints fan because the Saints. Yeah butchered the clock um then 94 they had a game where tyron hughes ran two kickoffs back and the rams guy had a 103 yard punt return because it was similar to what happened with the saints in the new england game but that like you said that was before the rule and the saints just figured the ball like nobody had touched it so it was down and the rams guy was like nah i'm just gonna take it out the back of the end zone and run and he ran it back 103 yards um that game where uh stefan anthony scored twice including the uh, extra point <laughs> run back. That was kind of weird. That was pretty weird. Um, I, was said... also, I was also at a game in D.C. where um, Michael Lewis ran a kickoff and a punt, and he also caught like a 60-yard bomb. Oh, yeah, that was a Steve Spurrier ever for the Redskins. Yes. Jason, uh, listening on the live stream, says, the weirdest game for me is when Drew and Eli had that shootout and they combined for 13 touchdowns. Actually, Jason, if you count the pick six from Drew, it's 14. And <laughs> you, and you, my friend, are going to love, love, love the throwback Thursday that we have for patrons because we do that game. We recap that game, yeah. We recap that game. And I'm just going to tell you all, it's the best, most ridiculous throwback Thursday we've done of like the five that we've done. And if you're thinking of signing up for $7 a month, do it just for that episode. It's amazing. You can listen to me and Andrew talk for 12 minutes while you watch the highlights on YouTube. The best 15 minutes of your week besides tonight, of course. Yeah. The way my favorite line that I've ever come up with was <laughs> the, that when the Saints had the ball, 
uh, if they kicked field goals during that time period when their defense was so bad, every field goal felt like a punt and every punt felt like a turnover. It was so bad. It was the dark days, man. The darkest, <laughs> the, 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 the darkest days. It was the, that game was the beginning of the end for Rob Ryan. Um, but I mean, that's weird thing, you know, and I was also thinking of another, you know, as, as the NBA just exploded, you know, it's, it's been all NBA, the free agencies just kind of dominated everything. And, you know, with the Lakers getting fucked over by Kawhi, which is beneficial to the Pelicans because the Pelicans own every Lakers pick to like 2025. And I was just thinking, I was just drinking in the, the Lakers fans sadness over not getting Kawhi. And it made me think like, what was like the saddest Saints offseason moment of like the last, uh, well, of, of last like 25 years? I mean, uh, I don't. I don't you have, have to look back that far. You have really good far. ones. That's recent. Yeah, I don't have to look back that far. I was very sad that the Jimmy Graham reunion didn't happen last year. You were. You were. Really I was crushed. Bad. I was so pumped about that, and then and then they had Ben Watson instead, and I'm just like, oh, Ben Watson. Like I, I love Ben Watson, but I'm just like, that reunion was far a far cry from what I was yeah, hoping like, for like, Jimmy Graham. Like Graham, you, and I, and I can vouch for this. Like you were, we, me and you really both, we were pumped about Sue, which was later that that might happen. That well, that's the thing. And then I get, I talked myself that I, I like, it was, it was <laughs> like, you know, getting dropped. It was like getting dumped by a girlfriend that you liked a lot. And then she's like, fine, I'll take you back. And allowing yourself to get excited about it all over again only for her to dump you again a week later because Sue decided to go with the Rams. So, yeah, it was just like I allowed the Saints to get me excited about free agency all over again just to get crushed. But um, I didn't fall quite as far that time because it wasn't I mean, there. I would say – I really wanted to the, say Sue Dad at a Saints game. That, that's it's, really it's that's really the we, crux we of it. We had all kinds of Sue Dad merchandise planned. Yeah. <laughs> but What uh, could have been? It could have been. I would say this isn't the most important Saints offseason fuck up ever. It was pretty important, but just as far as the fan base being sad, I can remember when the Saints were drafting and they needed a running back in the mid 90s, and Eddie George had fallen to them at like oh, 12 draft. Or 13. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, everybody was like, Eddie George, there he is. Jim Moore loves to run the ball. They got Jim Everett. They got this offense. Quinn Early, this offense is ready to roll. They got Wesley Walls. We'll plug Eddie George in, and this offense will be really, really good. And you took Alex Molden. They right? picked Alex Molden, and yeah. the people at the draft party fucking revolted against the Saints picking Alex Molden, uh, and it was just like like a buzzkill man we all saw it coming too and molden ended up not being very good yeah the only thing i i the thing i remember about molden is i think in the 2000 playoff game against the rams he was like literally the last corner that was healthy like they lost them all in that game he was like the the he was like the last one standing that's that's the only thing i ever remember about alex molden and of course, yeah, uh, Eddie. you know, the Kyle Turley game, I mean, in terms of just crazy things, I mean, that that whole helmet thing, throw, oh, throwing yeah. the Jets. Oh, that was a Sunday helmet. night game, too. That was yeah. a Sunday night game. That was insane. <sighs> that was that was like 
you know, we were talking. We talked in the in the in the Thursday throwback. Me and me and Andrew, we talked about like if you time capsuled and you wanted to explain to somebody how bad the Saints defense was, and you needed a one game to show it to them, the Saints Giants game would encapsulate everything that frustrated us from the Saints from twenty. 12 basically to 2017 right that game yep. i think the turley helmet throw game on prime time on espn sunday night like that pretty much sums up the jim Hazlitt era like it's just undisciplined no control no control wasting of talent fuckery like <laughs> yeah i love the thing i love that's what i love about the chat room people just giving us ideas left and right um but you know the 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 thing is with 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 weird sporting event it and it's always like a play or a moment it's weird what you remember and what you what you don't you know yeah i mean it's um in some ways it's like it shapes your 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 personal history of the saints you know and it, it's what it makes you a fan in a lot of ways i mean we all have our different kind of moments but um and i think it's like well while we talked about some of these players like you said you loved fred thomas and yeah um who was the other small corner you said you loved uh jabari greer yeah, jabari greer so like yeah. i don't know we all have like our little niche players like for me i always loved mike carney the fullback i just love that guy like i thought he was the greatest thing friend ever of the podcast friend of the podcast now yep and uh I uh, was a big fan of um, Kikaha for God, God knows whatever reason. Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. There's random plays and there's random players and you just uh, grow an affinity for them. And, you know, you, you, don't, you don't need a reason to be a Saints player. We just pick what we like and we roll. Yeah. Turley was a fan favorite, man. The, the, the helmet throw. like He was despised by the front office too. That oh, was an yeah. interesting dichotomy because it's like there's some players – that find a way to make the fan base love them right as the team in the front office just despise just them. them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was no – they were like, we're That's not – That's kind of rare. Like usually it's like if, if, if the organization hates the player, the fans do too. Yeah. Um, so – that that's the thing with them, and you know, uh, we, and we talked about it today. Another plug for uh, the daily podcast, but I wanted to talk to it a little bit tonight. The collective bargaining agreement has two more years to go on it, but in March 2020, they have all these poison pills in it where teams can't franchise guys or tag them. So if the Saints don't get Michael Thomas done, He's not just going to be a free agent next March. He'll be they won't be able to tag him. So, we talked about this morning, Andrew, like that is a thing where he'll be getting 25 million from someone. Dude, he I'm telling you, Buffalo, if they what's their quarterback that's terrible? Josh Josh Allen. Josh Allen. If he gets them to 7 and 9 or 8 and 8 or 9 and 7 again, Buffalo will look at Michael Thomas and say he is the final piece to make us good. We have to pay the Buffalo cold and miserable place to live tax. Michael Thomas, how do you like $25 million a year? And oh, by the way. We'll oh, what's that? You want 27? Done. 
Yeah, you want 127 and 70 guaranteed? Done. Like, and it seems crazy and it seems nuts, but they did something similar with Mario Williams, the defensive end for the Texans. Like, Buffalo understands if they want to get players, they have to pay to a ridiculous level. Yeah. And, and they'll do it. And then, so for the Saints, getting it done now at 20 might be a bargain. Yeah, we'll have to see. Um, you know, I, the fact that it's stuff is getting leaked to the media um, already seems like gamesmanship to me, which is usually not a great sign. But, um, you know, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, uh, the interesting thing as as we we get into as we get closer to training camp and you, you've mentioned it uh, recently, but you you said your biggest worry it, of of everything is defensive tackle which well yeah it's it's just i i don't know yet what to expect of it and you know onyamata is missing a game and then hopefully he'll be back and he'll be good um but you know i, I just get nervous about what malcolm brown's going to be like because the saints were number one in the league or number two in the league against the run last year i mean that, that's really what defensively what they hung their hat on and so you take away Tyler Davison, who really was the the nose guard, the the, the plug, um, and then you take away Rankins, who got more gap penetration than any player on the team last year. You get Onyemata back, but it's really going to be out, and especially with Onyemata and Rankins missing the first game, and Rankins being out longer than that. Like, it's going to be up to Malcolm Brown and Mario Edwards to fill in for those guys, and I just. I, I hope they're up to the task, but to me, that's a big question mark. Yeah, and here's the thing with me, and, and I I literally got into, like, I had a couple of analytics people block me on Twitter during the year that they were arguing that the Saints' run defense run defense now is kind of irrelevant in the NFL nowadays, and it it made the Saints' defense seem better than it was. And my point to them is, no, it doesn't. If you go into a game and you know that you are not going to be able to run the ball against the Saints, that is a valuable, worthwhile thing. And I think it showed itself completely against Pittsburgh, where Pittsburgh went into the game and was like, fuck it. We're not even going to attempt to run the ball on the Saints on the road and quiet the crowd. We're just going to go four and five wide and chuck it all over the place. We're not even going to attempt the run. And to me, when, when you have that strong of a run defense and you teams won't even try to be multidimensional against you, it's a valuable thing. And I think if it slides out of the top 10, the defense is in trouble. I tend to agree. Um, they would have to start making more plays on the ball. Yeah. Yeah. So – but we'll get we'll get into that as because you know once once we get back from uh I once we get back from we I get back from vacation on the 19th that means camp will only be a week away and we will start doing uh previews by position camp battles uh that sort of thing and also uh two I think uh the more I think about that back to the collective bargaining agreement. Andrew, I wonder if the Saints might try to do more than Michael Thomas. Like, they might try to get Michael Thomas and, like, one more guy locked up if they 
could. And here's my question to you. If I said the Saints are going to sign two people to extensions by the by the first week of training camp, who would you predict it would be? Well, I mean, besides Michael Thomas, or am I? Well, you can include Michael of... Thomas as one of them. So they're okay. Do well, one he, more, he's but... he's obviously guy. So I, I would pick him. Um, beyond him, huh? Yeah. Um. I mean, Andres Pete's in the contract year. I, I would say him maybe just because he counts so much against the cap that, you know, they may, maybe would want to lower um, that deal a little bit. But, you know, I, I still think it's too early for Kamara and, and um, Lattimore. Yeah. I think it's too soon. I would say, I would say Onyemata or, and I'm going to throw this out at you. Or, and we argued about this. Eli Apple? Eli Apple. We argued about it on the podcast. I think he could be a guy where the Saints would, would say to him, hey, Eli, we will give you four years, $32 million, $36 million. Do you want it now? And it's a really good deal. You like it here. You've turned your career around. Do you want that price to be a, our starting corner, corner? And Eli Apple could say, you know what? I'm not going to roll, even though I'm a year away from free agency, and if I kill it with the Saints, I could get more. I'm happy here. That's a really fair deal. I'm going to take the $15, million, $15 to $18 million guaranteed that they're offering me right now. I'm going to say Eli Apple could be a guy. And that con- that kind of contract, it would make me very nervous because he's a guy that could regress and you could regret it. Or you could be like the middle of the year could be like, ha, 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 we got a, we got Eli Apple for eight and a half million dollars. My God, if he's a free agent, if he's a free agent in March, he'd be getting twelve. The what thing if- is, I don't think I don't think um, Loomis has resolved whether he wants Eli Apple or not. Yeah, I think he still needs to show that he's worthy of being a starter on this team. So. I mean, we, we've kind of seen Crawley go up and down, right? We've seen Crawley yeah. at times look like he was starter material for the Saints. And then at times we've seen him fall off the face of the earth. You know, even Apple was kind of up and down last year. So yeah. is he serviceable? Yes. Is ha, Have I concluded beyond a shadow of a doubt that he's a long-term solution as a starting corner for the Saints? <laughs> I'm not 100% on that. I don't know. I mean, it, it it it's just it's just a name that I I would throw out. I would I would rather wait until free agency hits, and then if he gets paid too much, then okay, see you later. Go. But you know, I, I I'd I'd be willing to risk it. Yeah, Onyemata could be a guy too. I like Onyemata. That's a good that, call. That they might, um, and Onyemata, he's another guy. He t- he terrified. I'm terrified to lose, and I'm terrified to pay him. If if you get into Big money, but guys in the in the uh, that are listening live on the live stream on YouTube, fire your questions. We're gonna get to the questions now. Uh, this is from uh, uh, Don's Hat. Uh, what options for Saints escape day fun team building activities are being considered by Old Man Peyton for training camp? Well, we know that the f- classic Kevin Held story where they went to the water park and Scott Fujita injured his injured his foot. Um, maybe bowling. They took him to the D-Day Museum, uh, the Ottoman Zoo, maybe, Andrew? I don't know. What, what could yeah, be fun? Yeah, they could go to the Ottoman Zoo, and then uh, a, a flamingo could attack Thomas Morstead. 
<laughs> and or, injure him. Or Sean Payton could do like New Orleans snowballs as like an after practice treat for like a fun team building. He's done that before. He's oh he has. I, that's a thing. Yeah. Uh, what I remember. I remember Mark Ingram getting over the top excited, like my dad about the koozie. <laughs> I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. That was, that was Mark Ingram. Uh, what are the odds Cat Terrell rejoins Saints Media? Of course, Cat Terrell, another friend of the podcast. She was ESPN's Bengals reporter. Yeah. Uh, for, the, for the last. She's year. leaving ESPN. I saw that. She's leaving ESPN, and I even DM'd her because she follows me on Twitter, and I was like, "All right, spill the beans. What is it?" And she wouldn't tell me. And she said it's. So I can't break any news. Sorry, guys. No, she. I told her. I, t- I tweeted at her. I said, "Hey, if you want to break news, come on the podcast." But she said it was an opportunity that she couldn't turn down. So I'm really, really hoping that the Saints have decided to do what other NFL teams have done. And yeah, they have John DeShazer to write stuff for them, but they don't have like. Most NFL teams now for their website, they have an in-house reporter and they just let them cover the team like any other reporter except they work for DallasCowboys.com, Bengals.com, you know, Pittsburgh. So they got to stay more. They got to stay positive. They, no negativity allowed. Uh, I don't know, man. The the Bengals guy <laughs> Uh, he's, he's he can be pretty he can be pretty bumpy. But if if that was the hire, like, well, he'll bang would, on players. He bangs on players, but she, I think she would be if she, if the Saints do hire her, or she's coming back to New Orleans to cover the Saints. That is a great sign because with the P- Times Picayune liquidating the staff, if we have her covering the Saints, that's a good thing because we know she ain't afraid to ask the hard questions. Well, that was going to be my next question: Is Sean Payton forced to disclose injury stuff if she works for the Saints? <laughs> because you know she's going to ask. We know. No doubt. I mean, she fell on that sword every week. Every week. First, this is from Saints Recline. First annual Houdat Nation Festival in Canada this September. Does it sound exciting or sound like Jeff Fest 2.0? I mean, the latter. I'm not. I'm not a big. I'm not a big team fan fest guy because I'm not a big take a picture with a player or get an autograph like the, I'm not into that um, but like if a, if the Saints Fan Fest had all kinds of weird 70s men, memorabilia I would be down for that and I would spend a ridiculous amount of money on like an Archie Manning garbage can from 1975 <laughs> like <laughs> oh, it's terrible like what like what piece of like Saints memorabilia from the 70s would you buy like, would you spend a ridiculous mm, amount of money? I'm, I'm still mad I lost my, uh, you know, remember those little figurines starting lineup? Yeah. I'm still mad I lost my Dalton Hilliard. So if, if I found that from the, you know, the mid-80s, late-80s, early-90s, um, I would go for that. If I could find, like, a bum Phillips, I don't know if they did bobbleheads in the 80s, but if I could find some sort of bum Phillips. Ooh, that's bob- a good call. Like a bum Phillips bobblehead or even, like, a bum Phillips mural or I would love a Kerry Collins bobblehead <laughs> from that one year that he, for that half season he played with the Saints. I don't know why. Like, I always kind of liked him because I was like, yeah, you're a drunk quarterback. I wanted like, him to be. He was I, winning I was, games and throwing touchdowns, and he was trash. I was so I was so sad when the Saints, 
like when they claimed him and they were like, oh yeah, we'll let him test free agency and we'll make a competitive offer. I was like, fucking Q Herrick, just ask him what he wants and pay it to him right now while he's in the building and can't leave. Like, why do you not understand this? Like, yeah, like he, he was literally arrested for a DUI, then in rehab, then immediately claimed by the Saints. Like, this all transpired within, like, four days. And they told it, he told them not to, and the Saints were like, we don't care. We don't have any quarterbacks. Oh, oh and you're starting next week. And you're starting next week. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, Kerry, uh, a Kenny Stabler jersey, cool. that would be sweet. Um, yeah, I think my, my dad's going to want, like, three more koozies for listening to that. <laughs> um, <laughs> His thing, my, my, one of my dad's favorite stories about Stabler is that, uh, you know, he, he would always say just that Stabler was the ugliest man he's ever seen in his dude, life. Stabler, the ugliest like man. Stabler, I did a piece for Canal Street Chronicles where I watched the Saints-Raiders game from 1979 where the Saints blew a 35-14 lead and uh, Ken Stabler during the national anthem for that game he looked like he just woke up out of a cardboard (laughs) box under the Claiborne overpass and walked into the stadium I could I could I could smell the booze on him through the YouTube they they called him Snake, right? That was his nickname, yeah. Snake Stabler. And so my dad said that one time he saw an interview and they asked him, you know, hey, Kenny, you know, why, why do you think they call you the Snake? And he goes, oh, I don't know. I think it's because I run zigzag. And my dad was always like screaming at the TV. It's like, no, it's because you're ugly as sin. Is your yeah, this is from he, I, I don't I don't think he's a big fan of Ken Stabler. Is your favorite football player ever a Saints player? That's from Chad Harvard. Yes, for me it is definitely Dalton Hilliard. Yeah, I mean, even though Ralph uh, insulted him on this podcast, I'll never forgive <laughs> Ralph for that by saying that he was overrated. <laughs> yeah, you should be ashamed I, I, of yourself. I was wrong. I, I, I forgot. You should retract that. I should. I do retract it because his, I thought his final season was a disaster, but it wasn't. He caught fifty passes. Uh my favorite Saints player. It's a cliche, but it's a lot of people my age. But I don't care. Ricky Jackson. Like he's my first Saints jersey. Like I just, I loved him. I, I, I loved Ricky Jackson so much when he won a Super Bowl with San Francisco, who I fucking loathed. I was happy for him. That like that that's was, how... your your first jersey was uh, Ricky Jackson. Yeah. So interesting fact: my first jersey, and I lived in France, and the the, the selection of jerseys was very limited. Uh, you know, they only had no. like five <laughs> or six players. Yeah, and, and definitely no Saints jerseys. Uh, so my first jersey ever, Slim Pickens, was a Steve Largent Seattle Seahawks jersey. Oh. That's I was cool. like, I, I was like, I can't pick a Saints player. Fine, give me the wide receiver. Yeah, Steve Largent always wore the kicker helmet too. Like he did. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I always kind of like Steve Largent. I like. I liked. He was great. Uh, you know, he's a gym rat. He the, Seattle was kind of like my AFC team when I was a kid. For whatever reason, I don't. Yeah, I don't, I'm kind of with you. I liked uh, I mean, Dave Craig was the quarterback. And, yeah. I liked, yeah. I liked, uh, I grew I liked, out of that quickly. Thanks, Russell Wilson. 
I liked I liked Kansas City too because they had Barry Word, who was a Saints player. For oh yeah, 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 yeah. He they ran Stowers. Yeah, I mean, uh, the thing is, when the in the Saints in the eighties and the nineties, like especially the mid nineties, like you had to like you had to like have an affair with another team because the Saints were so dreadful, like to to keep your interest up. So I would never root for an NFC team, but I would always pick like AFC teams and like be like, that's my AFC team. Um, but the the I take it back for the Saints so the Saints Fan Fest. Uh, let people let somebody let it, let us know if you if you're connected if they have like memorabilia and stuff I might have to co- I might have to go in for that somebody said this is a good question rank the home the Saints home games you're most excited about in 2019 hmm hold on let me pull up the schedule here I mean the Houston game I know it's first but it's gonna be lit because you're I gonna mean, have I'm most excited about the away game is Falcons on Thanksgiving for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be fun. I mean, the Houston game at home is going to be great. You're going to be you have Monday night to open the season. You get to drink all day. You get to get out all your anger and your angst about the NFC Championship game. The Saints getting fucked. I think that's going to be a great at the the, the Saints. I'm trying to think at Rams will be a big one. But yeah, I would say hosting the Cowboys on September 29th. Yeah, that, that's probably the biggest for me. Yeah, that's a that's a. That's a big one too. I mean, hosting the Falcons obviously is always, regardless of when it is, that, that always matters. But I mean, just looking at their schedule, I, I would say the two games I have circled um, are, are road games. The two games that matter to me the most, I would say, are at Rams um, in, in Week Two, and then um, and then Thanksgiving at Falcons. So those are probably the two that mean the most to me. But the the home game I care the most about, I would say, is the Cowboys. Yeah, the one other game that I'm. I wouldn't say I care the most about it, but it does interest me, and I'm going to try to get there, is the Arizona Cardinals. Not because I think the Cardinals are going to be good. I just think Kyler Murray is really interesting to me. Cause he's, I would love an interception binge in that game. Yeah. like I just think he's really tiny, but he runs around and is super athletic. So I'm just interested to see how he is. And I think, like, I think Cliff Kingsbury is going to be a disaster for Arizona. But they're gonna throw for a shit ton of yards, so I think that game could be really interesting, uh, and I'm interested to see him. Um, I've got a hot take, actually. You know, Saints recline is saying on here on the chat that we're due to destroy the Cowboys. It's been too long. I totally agree with you, Saints recline. This game's at home. It's on national TV, and I just know Sean Payton's gonna remember going to Dallas and getting embarrassed. And he has this thing with Jerry Jones, this big rivalry. He is gonna cook up something crazy yeah i'm predicting right now a blowout like the saints are going to put up 40 on the (laughs) i I totally agree that they're due and it's just i I feel like you know there was a team it was was it the rams yeah it was the rams that the saints blew out i mean just destroyed um a couple years ago with greg williams in the following year greg williams had a great plan and they played really well defensively so I, i feel like teams are always making adjustments and I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say the Saints are going to pour it on the Cowboys defense in that game. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's a re- that's a really interesting and, and friendly reminder, guys. We are $255 away on Patreon to where if we get to $1,000 of 
support a month, me and Andrew will do a live streaming gambling show every Friday night uh, during the football season. And I'm going to give you my hot tip. My wife is going back. Is it, my is it, wife. Yeah. My wife. He's going back to Vegas. Uh, I'm betting – I am telling her to slam the under for the Cowboys because the Cowboys were like – I want to say 9-1 and one in one-score games. That shit ain't sustainable. And I'm telling you, the Cowboys are – they're going to be a trendy pick to win the Super Bowl and whatever. I'm telling you, I think they're going to regress because when you look at a team that – wins 10 11 games and they go and six or seven or eight of them are one score wins like that's just not sustainable you you're it's gonna you're gonna regress like atlanta went through yeah the pendulum swings the other way yeah it just swings like over a four-year period no matter if you're the new england or you whoever your one score games even out the, the, the key is you're probably going to have eight one-score games as an NFL team. The key is to go four and four or five and three, and then you win five or six games where you don't win by one score like the Saints did last year, and then you have a couple games where you lose and it just doesn't go your way. But I'm telling you, the Cowboys are my regression team supreme. But get us to $1,000. Don't you want me and Andrew drunk on a Friday live streaming you Bad gambling advice. Yes. The answer is yes. You want that. <laughs> so um, before we before we uh, get out of here, I want to remind you guys, SeatGeek is amazing. They have the best app to scour the secondary ticket market. Use their app. Green deal is a green light means it's a good deal. Yellow light means it's an okay deal. Red light means it's a bad deal. Uh, you can get tickets to shows, games, concerts. Do it. Use the code ACAA right now, and you will get $20 off your first purchase. That's ACAA. Using the SeatGeek, you get $20 off your first purchase. Do it now. Life's an event. We have the tickets. Um, so that pretty much wraps it up. Uh, as we, we, didn't have, we don't have too many more questions in the chat room. Um, my last question is... Uh, Somebody asked me today. It wasn't in the. It wasn't in the chat room or uh, on the on the the thing I fired out for questions. But Walter Football, they predicted the Saints to go thirteen and three last year. They predicted them to go nine and seven this year. No, but they didn't really have any basis or any stats to back it up. It was just a feeling. But right now, Andrew, as we get ready for camp and we don't have injuries and you can't. you can't sort of um, know sort of what they have as we, you know, we'll make predictions as they get injuries. Maybe they do trades or whatever, and we kind of know what the roster is going into the text game. Then you make final predictions. But feeling right now, do you feel like the Saints are still going to be a double-digit win team? Yes. Um, I'm tempted to say 11-5, and five, but I just think the schedule is so tough. Um, I'm going to say 10-6. and six. That's where I'm kind of sitting right now. I, I I think I think it'll be tougher sledding to get into the playoffs, um, but I do think they will get there, and I think they're going to make another run at this, um, even if you know they're not the top seed. Um, but I I don't think 13 and three. I mean that's that's going to be hard to come by. So Here, I'm going to say 10 and six. Here's a great question that I just thought of, and I I, I was we were going to do it for. Uh, we were going to do it for a daily podcast, 
Um, and we, we still may later on just to extend it because we're getting near the end. But if I told you, Andrew, you can have the Saints go 13-3 and three, like they just did this past year, but you're going to have the same injury issues you had going in where your offensive line is beat to hell or you're going to have another position group beat to hell and your health is not going to be great, but you're going to have home field advantage. Would you rather that or would you rather go – 10 and 6 but be perfectly healthy and have the roster exactly how you would want it going into the playoffs. Uh I'd take 13 and 3. The top seed. Yeah, cuz I, I mean even though they didn't look great against the Eagles, I mean they were still one bad call away from the Super Bowl. And then and then, you know, in the Super Bowl you get 2 weeks off to heal up, so I, I still just think having the top seed is it, it's the um, it's the closest path to the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's it's it's. Yeah. It, I would tend to agree with you, but I do think I do think it's it's an interesting it's an interesting question, right? Because it is. But but, but you have to play an extra game. It, it, it's it's an interesting question. I would probably I would probably lean to to going thirteen and three. But man, I feel, I feel like the Superdome can will a lot of things into existence. <laughs> they damn near did. They damn near yeah. did against the Eagles, man. Yeah. I mean, that that stadium was, uh, it was like a morgue, and then it just came to life. Um, you know, uh, and that sort of happened. So. Anyway, that's going to wrap it up for a Monday. Guys, once again, we're on vacation next week, but you got your daily shows all the rest of this week. Sign up. Become a patron. It's $7. You get a koozie. You get a magnet. All sorts of cool stuff. Uh, Do it. For Dave, who's MIA because he is in Alaska vacationing with the fam. Kevin, who is at a wrestling event, probably body slamming someone as we speak. Uh, We miss you. They'll be back next week. Uh, And for Andrew, I'm Ralph. Uh, Until next week, the bar is closed. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. 
I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.